Judy Gold, I saw your show last night. Oh, you did? Oh, my God. Well, I just felt you were going to be inundated with people. I mean, the woman behind me, I don't know. She obviously knows you. She was, after everything you said, she goes, "Mm mm-hmm, uh-huh, yep. Yep. I hate when they do that. Well, I she was doing it loudly and just, I was yes, like, I feel, I know. you know who I'm talking about, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And then sometimes they laugh. Uh, they have, they'll, they'll laugh. Like, here's the laugh. <laughs> and then there'll be a, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm on to the next thing. I'm on. I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah. How long are, long are you running? Like, when is this close? It closes on Sunday. Oh, wow. Okay. And I know you're sold out tonight. Who do you have mm-hmm. coming? Did you have a Trump coming today? Yes, I have Mary Trump coming. Oh, amazing. We do talkbacks after the shows. And um, I've known Mary Trump uh, for 21 years. Oh, wow. Um, she lived right behind me in Provincetown. And uh, so, yeah, she's coming to do a talkback. She's great. Um, amazing. And if you say you have a Trump coming like what other trump (laughs) are you fucking kidding me (laughs) i'm saying fine yeah i have don jr coming you know what nothing so fascinated by him you know like i've been in israel you know protesting with this whole shit shit. like nothing's shocking anymore so if you'd said to me both you know donald and donald trump be like okay that's great i hope they have good seats like nothing is shocking no nothing I think I, yeah, he's a disgusting piece of shit. Oh, it's, it's, it's so disturbing. So, so tell me, okay, how did the show come to be and who is Eddie Sarfati and how did, what does that mean co-write with? Like, what does that entail? Okay. So Eddie Sarfati, not Sarfati, because Sarfati. Sarfati is like, which means French. Yeah. He's a Sephardic Jew. I don't Sephardic, know what the yeah. fuck he is. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, that's all we know. That's why I say Sephardic. All right. Yep. So he pronounces it Sephardi. Uh, Sarfati. Sarfati. Uh-huh. That's okay. Um, so, you know, when I wrote the book, it's based on my book. Yes. You know, yes, I can say there that. There it is. Comedians were all in trouble. Um, when I was writing it, Eddie helped me write it. So we, because each, each chapter is like a polemic. Mm-hmm. And um, so he would, we would argue for days and days over each point that I was trying to make. I would write a chapter. He would, uh, do a go at it. And then I would do a go at it to finalize it. And then we would send it in. But, and so when primary stages asked me to do a show with them, cause I had done a show with them, uh, 2019, they had a fallout and they needed something immediately. And I did 25 questions for a Jewish mother in 2019 at the cherry lane. Oh, okay. Which was sort of, uh, an updated version of it. Right. Uh, and, uh, when they asked me to do another show, I was like to develop. And I said, I really want to make this into a play, like a solo yeah. show. And uh, so Eddie and I wrote the script, but BD really helped. BD Wong, who directed it, really helped yeah. to uh, um, turn it into a theater piece. I, I, a th- yeah. And it is yeah. a theater piece. It yeah. is. I mean, it's always challenging because, again, what I loved. I think the staging was fantastic and it kept it dynamic. And I saw a side of you performing that I hadn't seen before because obviously you kind of have to be more right. of that performative, right? It's like the standard persona is only coming in at times and then it has to be, you know, bouncing in between those. Right. And the staging was great, but also the fact that you're quoting a lot of other comedians, which is something you never see when you see a comic perform, you know what I mean? Like you're literally, which I thought was, was that, so that's in the book too, obviously, and you brought that. 
Right. And it's funny that you mentioned that because at a talk back, a, a, an older gentleman uh, said, I, I've never seen another comedian, you know, praise all so many other comedians, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's, right. it's true. It's, it's, I mean, I, I think it's like a love letter to stand up yeah. comedy, but it's also a cautionary tale and it's, and it's a story. It's a story of, you know, it's sort of, there's some memoir in it. Um, but it's really, it's what I think about all the time, this silencing people and the banning of books and the, the, the ignorance and look, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but don't, don't prevent me or anyone from reading and learning and learning about other people and and different opinions, you know, you, I mean, you, Mein Kampf is still out there. You can get a copy on Amazon. I imagine. So right. it's like, you can, apparently you can get a signed copy yeah. and be friends with the Supreme court justice. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, um, I, I find it scary. And I do think that, you know, I was always when Trump became president or whatever, however he came, became president, but, um, you know, I was fascinated that he got away with the shit he got Mm -hmm. away with saying that a comedian offends one person in power and they're shut down. Yeah. And, and so I, I spoke to Ira Glasser, who was the head of the ACLU when for years, but he was also uh, the head of the ACLU when the Nazis wanted to uh, march in Skokie, Mm -hmm. uh, at, because Skokie, Illinois is full of Holocaust survivors. And I think it was the late seventies. Um, they wanted to march and he had to defend the ACLU, their right to free speech, that they could march because you can't shut anyone down. And I just kept saying, why did, why did these politicians, the lies and the hate speech and they incite violence and, and they promote fascism. Like, like, why are they allowed to do that? And comedians, you know, tell one joke and boom. And he said, it's all about power and money. It is all about power and money. And also comedians tell the truth and we're powerless. I think the the Nazis marching, I don't think that's a given. I I do think it's it's a a tricky, it's like, obviously like, let's elect a a tyrant into power. It's the same thing, right? Like Hitler came as a democracy. It's like, it's, you have to finesse it. It can't be a black or white, like anybody states anything. Obviously, like you said, inciting to violence. I mean, I have an issue. I was talking, I don't remember who I was talking about this with, with the word, I call it the R word. My brother, rest in peace, was mentally handicapped, but comedians use the R word all the time. Like, that's not an issue. They don't use the N word. And for me, that's upsetting because that population can't defend itself, unlike other populations can speak out. Um, But still, you know, again, it's this, I'm not deciding who's getting canceled, who's setting what or not, but there's a double standard that permeates our society and the virtual signaling and it's endless. I'm like, so even these comics, I remember like Gerard Carmichael in his special came out and amazing, but kept using the R word. And I'm like, but nobody said anything or Jews don't count. I'm sure you're familiar with David Badil's book. Jews don't count. And I just, you know, I, I, um, so there's a lot of things that are so ridiculous in our society that who decide like, but what's in vogue and what's in the zeitgeist and what, you know, that's funny because, uh, you know, Ira Glasser put, you know, he, when I spoke to him, he said, look, if you're on a college campus and you, some right-wing idiot, he didn't yeah. say it like that, but some right-wing conservative right. comes to speak 
or is booked to speak and all these people protest and that person is canceled. Uh, then when a left-wing, uh, you know, progressive, yes. you know, lefty left men comes, the conservatives can also, they also have the power to protest yeah. and cancel that person. Yes. So who decides? The dean, which is most likely a white male, and that's who decides. And that's what we're dealing with. Yeah. You know, Ron DeSantis. The, like, who the fuck do you <laughs> think you are? <laughs> Fucking telling pe people what they can't, can and cannot read? Library, what is, um, what state just defunded libraries? Oh God, it's just like, yeah. The I mean, we're dealing with a lot of parallel stuff in Israel. I mean, I mean, there it's right. it's a lot of religious, you know, the religious undertones, which here, obviously, puritanical society and all that shit. But it's, it's right. But they think they, they're Christian. You know, they're like Christian nationalists. Yes. Like, whatever. Yes. It's funny. I loved um, Phyllis Diller. So years ago, there was a com a musical comedy about stand up comedians that this woman was trying to get made for years. I don't know, maybe she and all these comics kept getting cast in. I think she had like five presentations. So at some iteration, I was in it. And Phyllis Diller came to see it. And I knew my mom would flip if she knew that Phyllis, Diller, you know what I mean? My mom grew up with like yeah. she met red buttons and you know, red yeah. button says to her, you're Israeli, you can explode on me now. Like, you know, like it was so Phyllis, I made Phyllis call my mom. My mom was in a supermarket in fucking Herzliya. And suddenly Phyllis Diller calls her. And I was just, I mean, what a thing for, now my mom has dementia and has no recollection, but at the time it was like huge. And she was so generous with her spirit. Oh, the greatest. And I was just she so was happy. So, so talented. She was a concert pianist and an artist, uh, oil paintings and, and just brilliant, hilarious, yes. kind, uh, generous, yeah. just, yeah, class act. I mean, Joan was a class act too. Yeah. Um, Joan Rivers was just amazing. And the shit these women put up I can with. imagine. You're right. I mean, it's like, I think about that all the time. I even think about, you know, my mom's best friend who came out gay in Eastern Europe. He's 85. And he came out as wow. a teenager. Like he was when he was 20. Like, can you imagine the Eastern no. European and 20 and World War II? Like the bravery of these people that really were you know, I hate to say paving the way to sound cliche, but it it's not this like glorious journey. It's torture. I mean, it's, it's oh, angst. it's beyond, and it's people like, don't understand it. No, they they don't no. get it. No. Um, I mean, now someone puts a viral you know clip and gets viral views. It doesn't even have to walk into a stand up club, right? And, you know, and get a special. And they get booked. They get a <laughs> they, they get booked. They get and a special. Not and it's, it's not like, good for stand up that kind of stuff. No, you know, I don't think it is. People, People are like, oh, that's yeah. what that is. I'm not, I don't want to go to another club. Yeah. It's, but not I think good. it's also, I mean, I know that some places now, you know, ban taking videos. I think the comics have become so scared too. A lot of them do. I mean, it's this weird thing though. Don't you feel like it's a weird thing where there's the, the people that are like try afraid to do something and then the anti woke that are like offending on purpose, where it's like, I, I'm sorry, I had issues with Chappelle. I had issues with Chappelle and what is I thought his anti-Semitic ran and trans like that stuff. I'm like, it's not even, maybe if it's funny, you can get away with yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I, I think too. Like sometimes I, I, you know, I believe in all free speech, but for, for that, it's like where, you know, if I don't know where the joke is, yes, exactly. there's a problem, but also I, the one thing about Chappelle who I've known forever and he is funny yeah. is that why would you do an entire special about 
trans people. Like, what? Yeah. What is the obsession? That's what it is. It what? felt there's a sinister vibe. Even on that SNL speech with the Jews, there was a weird yeah, sinister that, but, vibe. I was, I was I, like, this. You feel an energy. They're like, no, this guy believes. Like, there's almost incitement. I mean, there is, and it's dangerous. Again, if it wasn't dangerous, and we were all hanging out, and we're at Burning Man. But there feels like, you know, this stuff, people are stupid enough to take it as a call. And Kanye was right about the Jews. Like, there's stuff like that. And, and I think there is, you know. Right. It, it's, but it's interesting when it comes from another marginalized group. Yes. That's what I find, um, you know, I, you know, at time, you know, I think sometimes he's comparing the pain and agony of what, you know, our ancestors or forefathers yes. went through uh i hate forefathers it's so fucking mad four people you, four people sounds great four people went yeah went through <laughs> and i just don't i don't understand that um yeah. and so yeah some of the stuff i was like yeah, that's anti-semitic you it know is. but yeah yeah and i yeah but I, you know i believe you have then have a choice do you i don't I don't want to listen to that comic, um, but you you know you don't you know I think more speech is more you know you don't shut people down you don't silence people you have more speech and more discourse about it. Um, and I the, think what's been frightening, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. The silencing yeah. too. But I think that what has been disturbing ever since Trump's election or any election where someone like ridiculous is being that you start doubting the. I don't want to say intelligence of people, but common sense of the people like that oh, crowd, the, the crowd thing. Please. And so that's what's dangerous. When I feel like a comedian, it's okay to have a sense of responsibility. And if you feel like if something's insightful can actually cause damage, then find another joke. Find elevate it. You don't have to go for the low hanging. Well, that's that's what what's I scary. Say. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, right. And people are so for my eyes talk about my line is when the audience laughs for the wrong reason. Yes. Like if I'm doing a Holocaust joke um, and I and people are like, well, how do you know they're laughing for the wrong reason? I'm like, I've been doing this for 40 years. I know when the audience is laughing for the wrong reason. Yes. Um, that to me, that that's my line, right? That's my line. Yeah. Um, right there. Uh, but I think you can joke about anything as long as it's a well-crafted joke. And I think that's where we're lacking here. Yeah. Um, there has to be know, an artistry have, to it. Yes. It, yeah. It's like, okay, that's your opinion where's the joke yeah you know yeah, exactly um, no you're right i think you're yeah. right and and when it, and you can sense the energy like anthony jeselnik can say anything and i'll laugh and i just because i kind of know it's not i have a good sense that it's not his belief do right. you know what i mean but when the Chappelle stuff i was like that's when you get cringy and he's doing the joke for the wrong reason so just like the audience is laughing for the wrong reason right and they're doing the joke for the wrong down. reason yes right he's he's prodding you <laughs> exactly but, um yeah, and it's so interesting because some people, I you know, I found some of that monologue funny, but then I was like, really? Yeah. Mm, you yeah. know, because sometimes, you know, you know, comics can choose, can choose a, a direction to go in. Yeah. And when it's the easy direction, that to me is lazy, you know? Yes, yeah, exactly. Lazy comedy. Right, yeah. 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 But I, I don't know. I don't know, I, you know, apparently on that, monologue the snl monologue they didn't know he was gonna yeah 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 well that, i feel like you, you get know, to but... the point in your career and he's he's a brilliant comic but 
I don't know if it's age. I know that sometimes, you know, it's like male directors, their work, you know, as their erections wane, their work tends to lose a little of its juice. And I don't know if that's also comic, like they just have this, not all God syndrome, but also this sense of entitlement of like, I've been told I'm the greatest of all time so many times. Right. I can just stand here and just kind of spout like a first draft. You know what I mean? Like a lot of movies you see, I'm like, how did this set feels like a first draft, well, first but he's done a million all, other movies. And I'm like, how did this get made? It's so mediocre. Right. I the, the idea of saying that you're the goat and being a comedian because yes. we notoriously hate we hate ourselves we're yes. like like oh god you know and to say i'm the goat like that's i don't know i mean you know uh andy kaufman would go and drive a cab at, or do th even after he was well known right. right just so he could be in society and see what the hell was going on. Yes. And so once you're removed from the way real people live and and what they think about and yes, and you know, I think it becomes less funny. So that's my uh, so I guess that's my excuse for why I don't have a huge <laughs> fucking apartment house. And well, that's why people don't like living in LA. People that are creative when they live in LA. Yeah. It's just like you're living in this weird bubble, creating, you know, creating stuff about life when you haven't lived life in, in 15 years or 20 years. Like you're in right. your but car then, in your home and you're like, well. But then you have to also, you know, I always say, I always say that if you've never had to protest or had some had resistance, or never had to have someone stand yeah. in front of the Supreme Court to to fight for your basic human rights and human dignity, you're entitled. And then Noam, who owns the comedy store, yes. uh, comedy seller, I'm sorry, uh, was like, you know, some people have inner struggles, which I do agree, you know, mental health, but that's still something yeah. people have had to lobby for right. and stand in front of, you know, legislators, you know, to that's get funding and stuff for. So yeah, but it's true. Um, I mean, you I'm know, assuming it's hard. It's like, yeah, the comedians that, you know, that are very successful, that are bazillionaires, how do you still resonate with the people and be successful? And Kevin Hart. And, but again, Kevin still, still does it, you know, but what do you funny. write your material still about? I mean, Seinfeld packed stadiums. He still talks about airlines as if he flies coach when he hasn't flown coach since 1972, but he'll talk about it and they'll believe him. You know what I mean? Right. Should... But also, um, you know, he's an example of someone who will not get controversial you know, yes. you have a choice, you yes. know, like people yes. are, people are like, oh, why can't you just not talk about this? And because that's not what I think about, right. you know, I think about I'm, I'm a well, you're woman. political. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm living in this world. Yeah. I'm a woman. I'm a lesbian. I'm Jewish. I'm older. Like, that's what my point of view is right now. Like, I can't just go be like, hey, can you, can, did you ever notice that, you know, when you get in a cab, blah, blah, blah. no, that's like, yeah. yeah, I don't, it's no, so I can't, but, but it's, I think it is, I think people who are able to just be funny like that and, and non-threatening, uh, they're lucky. They have, I, I, they're lucky people. Um, I think there's important to have a spectrum of that, just like film and, and books. You want the airport novel that you can read and, you know, sleep at the same right. time. And the reality shows that some people, very intelligent people love some reality shows. I'm like, how is this humanly possible? But they just want to turn well, it off. I think, yeah, I do that. I think that too. I'm like, 
I some of my most brilliant friends yes. are like, oh, I gotta go watch the housewives. And I'm like, yes. what? What? And actually I yeah. feel like I have to shower afterwards. But but again, same with the comedy. Yeah. Sometimes you want to be like, I just want to watch a silly fucking, you know, like ridiculously Rom-com. silly. Um yeah. yeah, even yeah. Not don't want to be triggered. Don't want to be triggered. My son right. keeps saying triggered. I'm like, dude, you cannot overuse this word. I'm gonna lose my mind. Like, I gotta stop right, you right, right there. You're 10, you can't be triggered every four minutes. Yeah, yeah. You triggered me because you asked me to go, you know, make my bed. <laughs> You can't, you gotta. I know. No. I, this whole idea of triggered, I, I was like, I'm triggered the minute my alarm goes off. That triggers yeah. me. Like, yes. there are, tr- you're living, just getting the fuck up out of bed is a trigger. So, like, calm the fuck down. It's so funny because I really feel like those triggers come. I mean, I don't want to say this. I'm sure certain people have gone through trauma, but like in Israel, it's like the whole country has PTSD. You've been there. It's the most aggressive society. Everybody thinks they're getting yes. fucked over constantly. Right. They're all like, right. I, I walk down the street. Someone yells at me for cutting a line. I'm not even in fucking line. I'm right. literally just walking by. Um, right. But there's real trauma there that has that sustained. People really aren't fight. You know what I mean? But it, it carries over into the minute banal line at the bank or, you know, but it's like, no, right. but we really are. There's a sense of pending doom. But then right. you see these kids that really have not like cushy really like you said like offended by everything i'm like what is that about are they looking for struggle is the brain seeking a struggle to find meaning because when there's no struggle there's no meaning i mean that's the truth i feel like when you have no struggle there's no meaning yeah i know it's hard for me as a gay um when you know trans people who are in a terrible situation now it's like yeah it's really awful but when they attack members of the lgbtq uh, population who are their allies. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, that's, that's, that is hard for me because, um, we, we need to be a community together because, you know, look, the AIDS crisis catapulted this, you know, unity Mm-hmm. And we would have no marriage equality, which is in a precarious state right now. We would have, uh, you know, trans people wouldn't have all these people standing up for their rights if we hadn't gone through this horrible, horrible um, a plague. It was a yeah. plague. And yeah, it's yeah, yeah. still, it's awful. Um, and I, I think we need to support each other. I often say, you know, I, you know, I... The one, the one thing that bothers me, and I really, you know, this idea that you're gonna, you're gonna get upset about a word or not listen to the entire thought, uh, or say I'm not listening to the rest because you said a word I don't like, or mispronounce something or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that you're cutting yourself off. But, you know, the one thing that really does bother me is that women are going through this horrible, where they're taking away our rights, they're taking away autonomy over our bodies. Where are the gay men? Where mm. are the gay men where we were there for you during the AIDS crisis, no questions asked. Where are the men speaking out on our behalf, uh, marching on our behalf? And a lot of these gay men have kids they use a surrogate yeah, to yeah. have their their yeah. their their children and i just feel like there's no equal when trans people are attacked when women are attra- attacked you know it's part of this whole community of, of equality um 
racism, homophobia, uh, yeah. xenophobia, anti-Semitism. Come on. But that's the same. I, I, I agree. That's what we talked about, that double standard. I mean, I always feel like sometimes when people had gone through a struggle, it triggers them and they don't want to go. They feel like it's a regression, suddenly struggling for another part. Like, we went through that. We paid our dues. And now we just want to chill. You know, I got upset when, you know, after George Floyd, when we had, again, it's all silly virtue signaling, but everyone put that black square and, you know, but when they're anti-Semitic attacks, I'm like, where are all my black friends? Where are all the black comics? And why is none speaking out? Because there is this kind of lingering tension between the black and it, it, it makes me so sad because again, civil rights and the Jewish and black communities were united and that's oh my gone. God. That's far right. gone. So, you know, you think about who, who was killed yes. in, in Memphis. Yes. Uh, Jew, two Jews. Um, we and that makes me so sad. I know. I'm a member of the NAACP. We start. We were part of the founding yeah. of the NAACP. Yeah. But yeah. this, I don't know that it's the black community of today's. Um, I don't blame it on them. I think that that because we erase history, because our society would love no the you know the patriarchy in this country would loves when Jews and blacks are fighting because. Mm. You know, it gives them more power. But think of us as a together community and how and how much we have contributed. Yes. I mean, I would love you know what, everyone, all you white supremacist fucking assholes live in the country without all the contributions <laughs> that blacks, Jews and gays have contributed um, and Asians. Let, live in the world, in our country, without what what we have contributed, and see how fun your fucking life is, you it's assholes. It's a lot of Wonder Bread. It's a lot of Wonder yeah. Bread. Yeah. And mayonnaise. And a lot of mayo, which I, I do and like no mayo. Health I wanna... No health care. No Shitty music. Yeah. Crappy sports. Uh, <laughs> no math. No music. No, you go, go. Go live on your fucking farm. Have fun in breeding. I, I, wonder, I wonder also, though, if... I rem going back to your point about the trans communities not speaking out or not supporting LGBTQ. So I wonder, remember, I remember interviewing no, no, a lot. I don't think they don't support LGBTQ. I think sometimes they attack their own. Their own, okay. Um, you know, like there's a lot of it, like, uh, let me, like, like when Al Franken, that's yeah. an example of attacking your own. He was a great senator. There mm. was a photo of right. him when he was a comedian. Yeah, no, that, that how killed many me. Photos, how many photos like that do we have? I grabbed my own. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I that, mean, that we thing are was... so inappropriate with each other. Yes, I mean, yes. Come you do on. any theater rehearsal, you meet people four minutes later, everybody's got you know, hands naked. up each other's genitals. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Yeah. I mean, th those lines have long been. No, but my, I guess my point was, so I didn't mean to misstate, but my, my point is that I remember interviewing a lot of um, uh, black comics after George Floyd, and um, their main lament to me was that people think that all black people have reacted the same way to George Floyd. And it becomes like this kind of mass and we assume, oh, the black, you know, how black people feel. And I wonder if it's a, I don't, this is my That's psychoanalysis, but I wonder point. if it's a struggle to individuate yourself and say, no, I feel like this, so I should feel okay saying it, even if it's in my community, because I don't want everybody to think, oh, this whole community thinks the same. Right, that one person speaks for the whole, there's yeah. nuance. Yes, there's, there, and there's I think no that maybe nuance. they speak out almost to rebel and say, this is nuanced, even though I'm a member of this community, I'm my own person. Because again, this whole journey is about individuation and kind of feeling like you can be right. who you are. And so right. sometimes that's a reaction to that. So that's just my kind of my I mean, little, it's you know. So, it, that's such an interesting point, I think, because, you know, my reaction to George Floyd, I, I was outraged. Um, You know, I'm a, 
you know, I don't consider, I mean, they call us white, but I don't consider myself white. Yes, I know. That's the other double standard, right? We're like a privileged, we're privileged, we're not, we're not a disenfranchised minor. Like that's just, Right. I don't know what it's like to be, to walk in a room as a black person and that it's, 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 you know, you can't hide, you know? Um, But, you know, unless you're Rachel what's her name rachel dolezal whatever happened to her i wonder if she has like a buzz cut now and is like playing rugby like i wonder how she counteracted (laughs) she's like lacrosse time right but you know i I know what it's like to walk in a room as a gigantic you know lezzy jew but yes people don't all i mean i think people know when they see me i'm a jew but i don't i don't know what it is i know from my friends and being yes. with my friends and and I know for myself, when I go somewhere, I always notice if there are any people of color, like that's just a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, there's no people of color. This is, this is frightening to me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something I notice, but that's just, that's an individual thing. It's also my, you know, my, my, you know, Ben plays basketball, college basketball right. ball. And, and, and the stories and the, you know, of these kids and what they, it's just yeah. what they have to fucking deal with. And, yeah. and even Henry's, you know, Henry's best friend from high school, they, they were roommates freshman year in college and they went to Indiana University. And, and DeAndre had to take a different route to the airport that was a, a half an hour, 45 minutes longer. So he wouldn't drive through the town where the KKK was uh, started. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. it's, you I, I know what it's like to be the mother of two sons. Uh, I, I don't know what it's like. I can't, I think about this all the time. If my son was a person of color, like how every time they went out of the house, I would be you know, to teach them, keep your hand, you know, like if they got in a car, like get yes. your taillight fixed. Like, yes. You know, the, the amount I worry about my kids, adding, adding them, adding a person of, you know, making yes. them a person of, I yes. can't, Fathom. I just, right. the, the racism, and I truly believe that this backlash we've had for almost 10 years, I mean, it's since Obama was president, is this, then this white supremacy, this proud boys and this Christian nationalism is a direct response to the fact that we had a very effective, quality, wonderful. I mean, I when Obama became pre- that, when they walked out on that stage, I was sobbing. I yeah. was like, was- oh, my God, America. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. And look at these dumb fucks. And the fact that Kathy Griffin, she has a mask right. with ketchup on it, okay? A mask with ketchup on it, which who knew the ketchup was even funnier than we, you know, <laughs> because he throws fucking ketchup at the wall. She cannot even answer her phone. Yet they're showing, you know, there's parades where they're showing Obama being lynched or hung from a tree and nothing Nothing happens Nothing. to those people. I know. But I think the double standard, again, I think I think it's a p- problem with society in general. We talked about that. Like I said, I'm not comparing, you know what, I'm not comparing like blacks and Jews, but there's like an emotional resonance yes, that we can yes. utilize. So it's not saying the circumstances are harder. Yes, like there's just, everyone's looking for the other. And that's the problem I find no matter where you are. Like whenever I post anything, 
Um, and I, you know, I'm all for a Palestinian state and I have Palestinian friends and I'm kind of an activist. But if I post, if there were Israelis killed, never. Every time I post, and oh, David Bedil talks about this, what about the Palestinians? I'm like, okay, Tree of Life Synagogue, what about the Palestinians? I'm like, what is the, why is, why do we, why do we feel yes. this need to diminish? So it's if, both, if, yes, it's we're like, upset about both. Yes, the yeah. fact that there's a Jewish executive who runs a record company doesn't mean that there haven't been attacks against Jews and the more anti violent anti-Semitic attacks and hatred. Like what, what is, the, why do we feel this Well, there's need? also, because there's an ignorance of why are Jews running that Yeah, of company. course, exactly. Because we were not allowed to do anything else. And but, you know, you, and then you also th know your history. Yes. Know that most black people are here uh, came here against their will, were treated not even as full human beings. Yes. You know, I'm so, I'm so lucky. Mm -hmm. I know my great grandparents and, and where they came from. Mm, that's and, interesting. You know, yeah. so yes, many yes. black people, there's no, there's no um, documentation yes. for them. And it's awful. I mean, you know, they get their, uh, I get my DNA done. I'm 99999 Jew, 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 Jew. Uh, do you have any Neanderthal? Because they found some Neanderthal I do, in me. I have Because I have some Thal, too. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm upset about how much Thal, but I was a little like, okay, how I got some Thal I only had a little bit. I had a little bit. I had a little bit, but I also had a little bit of Finnish and Italian. But it was oh, also wow. annoying that I paid a fortune and it said Jew. And I'm like, really? Yeah. This is the information you're giving me? Like, I got, could I not? I got, um, I got a little bit of Sardinian. Ooh. And let me tell you something. I love sardines. I love sardines. <laughs> Fucking love them. I think, you know, Judy, it's interesting though, because I think America is unique in the sense that it is a nation of America. It's such a diverse, heterogeneous population. And it struggles so much because there's so such a lack of common values and a lack of common struggle because it is a superpower. You're not surrounded by enemies on all sides. You know what I mean? And there's this sense right. of like, so on the one hand, you're trying to feel this individualism and also try and connect, but you can't connect to this idea of an American identity anymore. Like it, even in Israel, it's falling apart. That's what's happening there. We're on verge of right. civil war. When the country started and there was a mutual struggle, amazing, right? But suddenly the Sephardic and the Ashkenazi and the North African Jews, and they were feeling discrimination from the other Jews and we're all Jews, but it doesn't matter. These guys went through the Holocaust, but these came from North Africa. Like, it's endless no matter where you look, but here I feel like identity politics really has come to an extreme where people are not able to find that common emotional right. core and emotional struggle that unites everybody. That's a united struggle. We're not, we're not, right. We're saying we've all struggled. Yes. You can't compare. No. Um, well, it we doesn't had help. worse than you had. Yeah, it, well, it, we did, but that's besides the point. But it doesn't, it, all it does is further divide us. Yeah. Um, and, and we're much more powerful together and read read a fucking book yeah you know learn about yes. other people's culture yes and that's why comedy is so important when you see a comedian from a different background a comedian right. with a disability a comedian who's an immigrant a comedian who's gay jewish asian older whatever you learn you end up you know learning something or being comfortable with the next person you meet who is of that same ilk, you know? Also that comedians tap into the universal aspects of the human condition. So you have a black comic that makes yes. everybody laugh. I can connect to almost any comic I see. I can see a comedian in Hindi, performing in Hindi in India, and I can connect to stuff. So right. that's the brilliance of it. It's like, oh, there's, I'm so different. My circumstances are, you know, completely different from yours but i can still connect with you on a universal level right, so that right that's the power of comedy because yeah you go to the cellar any night you see so many it used to not be that way but now you do see a you know kind of plethora of voices and 
Right. And, and Netflix, even though everybody gets a special, you know, like, I don't understand who gets a special and why, but that's a whole other I conversation. Don't, I, don't, I don't get a special. I'm like, why is this? How is this? But still, you're still, you're seeing, you're able to access, I hate to say TV is the ultimate unifier, but you are able to see shows it from was. Indonesia. And, you know, right. like, it, you know, it, for it's, a minute. Let's just do that. Sorry, I just had to. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's so I can't. awful. If I angle like that, it looks it looks like Michelle yeah. Obama, right? That looks yeah. good. Okay. Or, or what's her name? Angela Bassett. Just jacked. Yeah. Okay. Toba Felcha has really good arms. Oh, anyway. my God. You know, my friend did a funny girl for a year, Peter Francis James, and she would bike yeah. to work every day. Fucking bike uh, oh, yeah. to work. I don't yeah, know how old she is. What, mid-70s? I mean, yeah, unbelievable. I took a yeah. city bike yesterday, the elect- e-bike. I barely yeah. made it with an e-bike up 2nd oh, Avenue. I, I, I was I dying. I'm like, it's an e-bike. Oh, I'm I love it. I love the bikes. Um, no, but uh, now I forgot what we were talking about. We okay. were talking about. Great. Here we go. Menopause. Yep. Menopause. We can't follow what our thinking is. Yeah. <laughs> How long were you in rehearsal for? Oh, my God. We started in the beginning of February, uh, but we had writers workshops up oh, until wow. then. We did a reading in December worked all through January and then we started the beginning of February and then it we had our first preview on March 4th and and the script is a thousand times different than it was on that first preview and one of the characters uh in the first couple of previews was our stage manager Nikki because I kept saying line I kept saying line and then she would get on the so she was another character saying my (laughs) um you should have the Marlon Brando you know he had an earbud yeah, I, we were working on the script. So, I mean, up until good for you, like the whole ending is different. Up until opening night, we had three weeks of tech, three weeks. Wow, which is never yeah. But I got to tell you, I love that because again, so many shows that you see, where I, I call them first draft shows, it's like people get lazy, or you know, the director flies away, you know, directs the opening yeah, thing and no. leaves, and the fact that you're no, working BD is comes so all the hard. Time. It's so yeah. hard to rewrite because it's like when you're really learning lines and especially when one person just tell, suddenly change something, even one right. line, it throws you off completely. One it's word. It's hard to get into a rhythm. One yeah. word. Yeah, no, you're like, I get no, it. I just learned that. Yeah, it's really hard. But now I'm so comfortable with it. I can even, you know. Yeah, yeah and if I you flub a line, you're like, whatever. What's going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, how did, when did that moment, that moment comes out when you stand there, which is a moment that kind of took me by surprise. Obviously, when you're standing there like this and you know, shoot me like that. I love that it was kind of uncomfortable and caused discomfort. Was there debate around that moment? Did you ever feel like, oh God, this is too much, take it back, or I want to do this? Like, was there Um, any, what was the debate? Well, BD, uh, you know, he's such an amazing director. I can't even tell you. Uh, He wanted to do that. He wanted, he's like, you have to want to take a bullet for this, you know? Yeah. Um, Because it is scary. Like, and so he got me there emotionally. Mm-hmm. He's like, you can't do it unless you really do it. Unless you really give yourself right, up right. and say, good, go. Okay. Yeah. And so that, that took a lot of, you know, journey, emotional journey. But as I've done it every night and the audience does get really uncomfortable, I started thinking, I don't want to perform in in places where you can open carry i don't yeah i real it's scary to me yeah i, I agree you know, these i people agree go into the grocery stores arms like they're you know yes and yes. fucking germany in 1940 no, right. I, I mean 
You're yep. getting some fucking Mucinex and you need an AR-15? Like, what the fuck is going on? That's our civil war. This gun shit, I mean, thank God yeah. for oh, Gen Z. Because they're going to, they're these, can you imagine going, I mean, you can, because you grew yeah. up in Israel. Yeah. But going to school should be the safest place these Oh, it's terrific. Go. It's so yeah. funny how people here think shit's going down in Israel is crazy. And then people there think America's crazy. Cause like kids in Israel roam around from age five, they walk to school alone. Like literally kids right, are taking right, the right. bus by themselves and they're eight. You know, it's a whole other freedom. It's like such a weird, but here, you know, God forbid you let, you know, you're not gonna let a seven-year-old walk five blocks to their to their friend's house. Like it's right. not gonna happen. But um, did BD but, ever, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no I'm no, just saying gonna... my kids grew up here and yeah. they're definitely, you know, you get to use them when they turn like 10. Right. And you're yes. like, can you go get my dry cleaning? Can yes, you just exactly. don't cross the street here? If if they don't have to cross Broadway or Amber, right. like some of the, you're fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, they're definitely older than suburban kids in, you know. Oh, I think New York City kids, yeah. it's a whole other, it's a, there is yeah. an independence there. They can hop on the subway and I mean, subway, bus, you know, they're not in afraid. LA, they're dry. Parents yeah. are driving them around. They're like 17. I mean, you know, like right. let me drive you to the mall. I mean, like it's you can like have a child ridiculous. already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a way that a kid should grow up. I think that, but again, we're dealing with also lack of resilience as the kids get, you know, this gen, I hate to sound like, oh, this generation, but it's true. There's right. a lack of resilience that's being developed. And and I yeah. think that whole thing with I'm being offended, it's the like- coddling. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, the kind I get, it's that helicopter parenting or snowplow parenting or whatever it is. Like, or you know, this idea, you don't want your kid to be uncomfortable. Yes, or for even like, a minute. No, yeah. no, that's not yeah. how life is. Everything sucks, nothing is fair. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I want to talk to you about the antidepressant, which is interesting because you mentioned it in the show. Um, yeah. And is this something that you've you've been on forever? And is have you felt a palpable change in, you know what I mean? Like, talk to me that journey, because that was interesting. You brought it up. I'm like, oh, I want to talk to her about that. Oh, OK. Uh, well, so I started taking anti-anxiety meds in my 30s okay were you having early, panic attacks i have always first of all i come from the most anxious <laughs> um you know trauma brought yes. down from generation to yes. generation okay my grandmother suffered from depression my mother definitely suffered from depression my father was so anxious too um and it just wasn't, and I had ADHD. It was, it's like, if you look up the definition, right. but never diagnosed. It was always okay. like, Judith, you're so hyper. What the hell's going on? Like, I couldn't finish a book. I couldn't yeah. do, you know, I, the only thing I could do, I could practice the piano or my clarinet or something. Okay. And I could focus on that. But so anyway, um, in my 30, early 30s, I was like, I can't take this anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've been in therapy since I'm 18. And I didn't want to go on meds because I'm a comedian. I'm like, no, it's going to make me whatever. Right. So uh, I resisted and resisted. And then uh, um, in 2010, uh, and I've been on meds since my early mid 30s. Okay. Uh, in 2010, I had a terrible... I guess you could call it a nervous breakdown, a clinical depression. Okay. And it changed, it changed me so much mm. um, because, 
you know, I was taking these meds and it was helping me, but once I, that happened and I was incapacitated, I couldn't talk. Wow. I have diurnal depression. So during the day is when, uh, during this clinical depression, I could yeah. not even speak. If you said, go get a carton of milk at the, uh, bodega, right. uh, I would have been like, no, I can't leave. And, uh, I mean, me, who's traveled around by myself yeah, yeah, for, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. since I'm in my 20s. Right, you know? right, right, right. And um, I went to cognitive behavioral therapy, regular therapy. Right. Um, CBT, DBT, right. Yeah. yeah. Psychopharmacology up the wazoo. And I was on so many meds. And finally, yeah. this is the one that worked. And I've tried okay. to get off it, but uh, it's like, it's not worth it. It's not okay. worth the agony. And it's also you know, you learn to realize that you're not doing something about it. You're saying, no, I can handle this. And no, you know, mm -hmm. because my brain chemistry is fucked up. It's just, yeah. it's genetic. Yeah, yeah. And it is, it is a chemical thing. You not treating that is an assault on all the people you love because they have to deal with your illness too. Right, right. And um, when I realized this is affecting other people, and I can do better. And, you know, not only for myself, but do I want my kids to see someone like sitting in a chair all day looking right. at the clock, you know, which you can help sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. you have to do the work. And the reason there are meds for this kind of stuff is because it's real. And, you know, I, I, I think it's, yeah, it's, and if you look at my blood work, Right. from when I was depressed, it is completely different mm. than my blood work when I'm not depressed. Right. And the only good thing about it was I really was so thin. I couldn't eat. So <laughs> I thought that the antidepressants make you gain weight. They do, but not if you're so depressed, you can't. You have okay, no... you don't feel like eating. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I was perks, on like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, during that time I was on lithium. I was on all you're this right, stuff. Whole, they were yeah. really trying to, and Elisa, my lover, is a therapist. So she kept me out of the hospital, which was great. Um, and I really, I mean, it was, it was bad. It's work. It's work. Yeah, and when yeah, someone yeah. tells me they suffer from depression, I am like, here's my number. Call me because you don't get it until you don't get it. You right. just don't get it. You cannot yeah, 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 understand. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was always like, no, I could get through, you know, resilient, resilient, yeah. but you know what? Yeah. It's, no, it's I get out of it. your control. Right. It's interesting because I was, you know, I had childhood trauma. I had a lot of trauma, but I was always funneled this message of like toughen up and go through it. Right. Yeah. And so it manifests itself in different ways. Um, and I am sometimes too resilient. So now with this stuff with my mom, you know, had a, a stroke when I was talking to her on video. I don't know if you know the whole oh, story, but like this no. whole thing and, and yeah. that caused instant dementia. Like I've been dealing with a lot the lot and I moved to Israel. This all happened. And I was, and my brother died four years ago. So it's I like, know that. you know, so, so dealing sad. with yeah. the, the grief. And I think I'm so used to being resilient. And I was debating. I'm like, do I get on something? Do I not get on something? But I also, yeah. other part of me was like, there's a reason I'm depressed. Like it's circumstantial. It's a trick. Right. And so I, I said thought that too. I thought, but that I too. thought, you know what? And again, I, I, I'm sure my brain chemistry shifted, but I was kept trying and I kept 
getting prescriptions for antidepressants and not taking them. I'm like, and I said to myself, I kept going, no. And I would cry nine hours a day, 10 hours a day, but I was still power through, but I was falling apart. Like I was, cause I was also dealing with caregiving and it was, it's exhausting, like physically, right. emotionally exhausting. My son would see me cry for hours a day, but I'm like, no, I want to, I think what I wanted to was feel the pain. Um, cause I feel like I wanted to be present in this moment. Right. right I was afraid right. of detaching a bit that my mom would get something would happen. And I'd be a little detached. That scared me. And of course I'm meditating. I don't eat right. I eat like a fucking pig, but I meditate a lot, which helps. But I then meditate I, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like daily, but I also realized the struggle was I kept pressuring myself to take a med. Everyone, you know, like I literally had four, I had the Zoloft prescription. I have the Prozac prescription. I have this. And I said, maybe I have to accept that I'm too scared. There's more anxiety about taking the med. <laughs> then the med would help me. Like right, once right, I get right. on the med, I'll feel so much anxiety, you know? And so I, I didn't, I'm like, well, it's, I can always take it if I want, you know, but it was interesting to you me. You know what? Kind of, it, it, it's, it's so not for everybody. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I feel like so much anxiety I, over taking it. I'm like, I don't know what that's about, but maybe I have to just, but accept. that's in your, that's your thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. I felt the same way. And, um, you know, I was always resilient. Nope. I can do yes. it. I'm going to get through this. And yeah. then I couldn't, Yeah, I couldn't, yeah. it over, it was, you know what? The body, it, the body keeps the it, score, it, as they say. You, you hold that in and it bursts at yep. some point. Yes. You know, yes. and yes. there's a perfect storm just waiting to happen. And, you know, my biggest fear is going through another clinical depression. But right. I, I do what I need to do to avoid yes. that. Yes. Um, but I, I know that I don't have control. And I know, you know, I it's, it's just, you got it you have a child and you know, yeah. I remember watching my mother cry and well, my mom's know. severe depression. I mean, I would take uh -huh. care of her from age seven. She would be on the floor. Well, that's she why would you're faint. a comedian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is fun, which is great. Right. Like wonderful. But it doesn't always yeah. work. It might work yeah. for, you know, when you're twenties and thirties, but yes. then, you know, yes. it stops working. Oh, I never judge anyone for taking them. I think my struggle was I was judging myself for being afraid right. to take them. And I'm like, why am I judging? I'm like, you know what? Maybe, I don't want to take, it's also okay to not take them. But like what, it's not, you're saying, but what you're saying is I'm afraid to take them because that shows my, that I'm weak. No, I don't think it's that anymore. Oh. I think it, I was afraid of side effects and I was afraid of an addiction to it. I was afraid of but what's your, um, what are your side yeah. effects now? No, you're right. Sitting there crying. You're right. You're right. You're you know? Right. Well, it, I think I spoke to one therapist cause I went through so many and she said, look, I mean, now I'm bet I, I, I did power. Like there is a, a, a certain journey you take, you know what I mean? Like, when you go through this and you can come out this week, you come out that way, you know, you do, and you also are forced to develop other skill sets, right? Like, I don't think talk therapy helps. Like it never helped me. I tried it for right. three years, um, but the meditation stuff, the physical neurological calming the nervous system and all that stuff that they're saying with the vagus nerve, all this stuff that's kind of in the zeitgeist yeah. now, you feel a palpable Absolutely. change in the system. Um, now, obviously, uh, you know, so for me, it wasn't so much about being weak. Uh, it was about, I was worried, like same things you were worried about, like this emotional detachment or my ability, my coping mechanism, would I be afraid to go off of it and I'd be on it forever. You know, all these other things, the weight gain, the libido, like I was just, I'm not a big med person in general. I barely take an Advil, you know what I mean? But yeah. But I was like, it's there. And if I ever need it, God knows I have five prescriptions waiting for me at home and a right. nice selection. And I think right, that but I, you also have to, you know, it has to be under the yeah exactly no of course yeah. yes 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 um but i, I love it yeah yeah go ahead. i don't think it's a sign of weakness or and i no. don't think that on you're the contrary yeah yeah and the, on, i, I just, think people that need to ask for help and take it is strength i don't think it's weakness 100 yeah i i couldn't i can't i know what yeah. i'm like without it yeah 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 
No, you know, I, I get it's it. Not I get fair. It. It's not fair to Elisa. It's not fair to my kids. It's not no, fair you're to my right. friends. Yeah. I remember I'd be crying so hard because again, I'm I'm grieving. You know, I have friends of that course. I have friends that I know their lives are pretty tranquil and they feel depressed and, and that and they're definitely on it. And they're like, I know everything is fine in my life and I'm feeling so sad. That disconnect, that dissonance is what's so tragic and heartbreaking. And so they're on it. They go, it's a chemical imbalance. When my mom has a stroke in front of my eyes, I'm dealing with, with post-trauma. Right. And I'm like, I what's mean, the that's... best way to deal with post-trauma? And you, there's many ways to, to skin a cat. I mean, I think, you know, yeah. but uh, it's, it's Yeah, my mom had was a big trigger of my depression. I mean, she... I'm sure. She fell and uh, she was in the hospital and I had to call this rehab nursing it was in yeah, yeah. you know nursing home and i had to bring her over yeah there and go to her apartment and get her cl some clothes for her and she, we were in the nursing home rehab and i knew she was never going home again yeah i knew yeah. she was never going back to her apartment and she's like how long do you think i'll be in here and it was just yeah eating my heart yeah of out. course yeah and i was alone my my brother yeah. and sister weren't there yeah. and it it was one of the big triggers of oh my yes. god you know yes. because you just through it and then at some point yes it just catches up with you yeah i i agree i agree i mean in this in the process of grief it's you know it's it's ongoing oh, it's so awful you know my mom was lucid and then 30 seconds later like yeah, literally I can't even, instant i know and then and i'm like lucid, that's death right there yeah that's but then you're living right it over and over again because the person's right. still here i mean not good when my right. mom is still with us but it's like no support uh, system and it's uh, like you're dealing with it and you're like wow but you go through it, you go through it and so i remember a therapist saying look because I was like, I'm sorry, I'm so angry at myself that I keep debating whether she goes, look, does it bother you that much that you spontaneously cry in the middle of the day? I go, not really. I mean, I'll cry for a little bit and let it out. She goes, then, okay. <laughs> like she goes, you know, right. the med will That's help fine. you with that. And I'm like, so it's really about what but you I feel. But I think you're lucky that you, I can't do that. I cannot do that. Like yeah. I, I was taught people who cry, it's all fake. You know, it's just oh, for interesting. show. And, I, yeah. and, and so, and it was just like stoic, stoic, oh. stoic, you know? And it yeah, doesn't, no, yeah. No, yeah, no. <laughs> no, I can cry. I mean, I'll cry, probably hang up and I'll cry for a little bit and that's okay. Oh, I don't so sweat lucky. my friend. Susie Asman always says the good cry is the best thing in the entire world. Well, yeah. it depends. it's interesting about crying because it's, it's such an interesting evolutionary spell. Like I, we still are trying to understand it, like what that is. Right. But I remember right. seeing one of the many therapists I saw, because I said after my brother died, I would also have these bouts of crying for hours on end. And I said, they're not cathartic. And it feels yeah. like it's almost like a muscle spasm where it's exhausting because there's nothing that happens after that. And that's right. where you're like, that's where like meds are like on your mind. Cause you're like, right. your body is like convulsing, sobbing, but then you still feel like shit. Like, it's not like, oh, it's not a Susie Essman cry. It's yeah, a, exactly. maybe I need an antidepressant cry, right. um, but it's that. So I know you're sold out today, Saturday, Sunday, it's tickets available. Cause I want to put this yes. on today. Okay. Yes. Saturday Wonderful. two and seven, Sunday two. Okay, and Mary, Mary Trump and, and Donald Trump Jr. are coming tonight. And um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and any more talkbacks after that? We're gonna do a fucking fight where me and Mary <laughs> beat the fucking shit out of him. Um, are you gonna Entitled. film this and, and sell it as a special? Is that the idea? Uh, we would love to, we're in talks about that. Okay, uh, good. Also tour it. I'd love to see how it plays in other parts of the country. You yes, know. yes. Um, I love you, Judy Gold. Um, I love you. Yes, I can say that. Obviously available on all uh, online outlets or support your local bookstore and go see the show Saturday, Sunday. And um, and I wanna hopefully talk to you before I go back to Israel. Like, Okay, you know, perfect. Gonna... I'm coming in June. 
You're coming in. Stay online for one second. Okay. Thank okay. you so much. This is Iris Barr signing off.